man, oh man, my let's keep it real people. Oof, my next guest from Australia. It always amazes me how we connect. I was recording him while it was 6 p.m. on Monday night, and it was 8 a.m. the next day on Tuesday. Our future, it's just crazy, cracks me up. But talk about keeping it real. I don't know if I've ever met a person that embraced life so much, loved life so much. And one of the things that he did every day is remind himself of his immortality. And that's what helped him seize the day. Carpe diem. And talking about death was with laughter. And okay, it's inevitable. So now what are we going to do? And it was just a wonderful, wonderful conversation. Now, that was just one of the things we talked about. We went over. I couldn't help it. I mean, I don't even know what I cut because his pearls of wisdom, his stories, all the information he were going to give you, the audience, the listeners that will impact your lives. I don't even know what I could cut. It was just amazing, incredible. I knew he meant every word. I am so, so excited for you to listen, share, like, rate, support on Patreon. I am so grateful for you. And I'm so grateful that Eric took the time to be on Let's Keep It Real. Enjoy. Toodles. This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston, your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all over the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life, and as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit. Hello, hello, my Let's Keep It Real people. Okay, I'm sorry if I've been bugging you about Eric, but you know how excited I get when I talk with someone from Australia. And while we're recording this, isn't it crazy that it's 6 p.m. the night before in my area and 8 a.m.? Come on, that's just the coolest beans ever. But before I bring him on, because I'm excited, I'm excited about his book. I'm excited about what he's saying. He has so many great stories. Let me tell you about Eric. Eric is a self-leadership coach black belt hand washer, which I have no idea what that is. We're going to have to find out. Speaker and author with deep knowledge in the science of building courageous and emotionally intelligent mindsets. You need that. His know-how is a result of over 20 years of international corporate life, two master's degrees in human behavior change, oh my, and over 12 years helping leaders and their teams become their best selves to meet workplace challenges effectively. He spends much of his time developing authentically courageous leadership through keynotes, workshops, and individual coaching. Eric, and I love this book. Oh my goodness, I was reading it. Eric is the author of Swipe Right Awesome on Your Best Self, Simple Steps to Build a Life with Fewer Regrets. Oh my goodness, Eric. Welcome, 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 welcome. Thank you so much for getting up in the morning and being on our show. <laughs> Sandy, I love getting up in the morning, though. I'm one of those annoying morning people. Oh, which, no. Uh, that, yeah, I'm, I'm afraid so. I, I, the moment there's a, 
one photon has crept over the horizon. I'm up. I'm <laughs> leapt up. And I've already been out walking by the sea. It's my little morning ritual. I grab a black coffee. I adore black coffee. That was such a good move, leaving the milk behind. <laughs> and I stroll by the sea and I plan my day and I look forward to the good things. And speaking to you this morning is going to be one of the best things. I've been looking forward to this too. Well, you know what? Okay, first of all, we need to back up just a teeny bit. What mm-hmm. time do you get up in the morning? Are you one of those 5 a.m. people, the 5 a.m. club? They call no, it? no, I sleep until 5.30. I, oh, I can't well, possibly, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, like, I like a lion, Sandy. So I lie <laughs> in until f- around 5.30. <laughs> yeah. Okay, oh, I got it. I'm with you. Yeah, so you're oh, look, like 8 a.m., to... your day is already gone. <laughs> you know what I mean? It is. I, it, well, we're up and uh, I've got a good start under my belt. I think all of us really need to honor our natural cycles. And, you know, some of us are morning people and it will not work out well if we try to lie in bed longer. And there are are others that uh, they're at their best, they're at their best when they get up later. There could be nine, even 10 a.m. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Respect your cycles. Yeah, I, I agree because I could host a podcast with you at midnight and I'd be fired up and ready to go. Mm. Like I'm, yeah, not that I don't get up in the morning, but man, at 10 p.m., all of a sudden I go, okay, what do I got to do? What do I have to create? Where am I going? What's going on? I don't know. It's always been that way for me. So I just, like you said, people say, no, yeah. Sandy, to be successful, you have to get up at 5 uh, in the morning. Like, <laughs> you know, um, that's just not me. That's on my cycle. So like you said, honor your cycle. I love that. Yeah, it's part of being authentic. Yeah. Is being author- is, is the, the honoring, respecting, and playing to your strengths. And if you've got energy at 10 o'clock at night, it would be a crime to go to bed and to turn yeah. yourself off while you're yeah. on fire. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So before we get going, I always ask my guest, give me one word to best describe your past 30 days and why did you pick that word? Oh, well, I'm, I'm going to run with exploratory exploratory. So I've been diving into the world of uh, YouTube and online streaming. And uh, there's a fabulous uh, universe of of software and cameras and microphones and lighting. And uh, I've been (laughs) diving into that. It's so much fun. I love to learn. I do love to learn. Me too. And, you know, and in the in my past life, I would spend a lot of my time speaking in person at different places, and I you know I look forward wait, to that. Wait, wait, wait! Did a, that really happen? Was that really something we did? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it seems like another world ago, and yeah. I I'm increasingly thinking, yeah, that's going to come back to an extent, but we are going to be overwhelmingly, I think, online. You know, hybrid, but pre- leaning towards the online in the future. Yeah. This is going to be a big part. So I want to make sure I'm, I'm across that. Uh, not just okay, but, uh, but really impactful in an online world. Yeah, and, and I agree. And it wasn't, not that I wasn't familiar with online, because I've been actually doing podcasts for like seven years, but I was like, wait a minute, I don't really need to be on social media. Come on, I have contacts in person. Does it really mm. matter? And you know what? It, it really does matter, you know? It, it does. Really... The world's changed. And you can reach more people. And you can reach more people. Yes, yes. And there were people before that uh, just could not come into the city. It was too far. They couldn't get time off work. They had family commitments. Now yeah. they don't need to leave home. So this is, uh, this is actually, it, it's a good thing. It's yeah. good for us. Yeah. All right. So have you been to the U.S.? I have been to the U.S., yeah. Really? I had a... I, <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, really. I have enjoyed <laughs> Yosemite, I think, three times now. Mm. Wow, just, my goodness, the scale of the uh, the nature there. And I adore b- being in the outdoors and moving through the outdoors. Yeah. But I've also worked uh, in the San Francisco region. I had a, a wonderful few months working with IBM there, working with specialists, oh. writing books, developing training materials. So, yeah, I've had a, a few trips and I've had a, a New York exposure. That was something. Oh, yeah. It does really matter where you landed in the U.S., right? It's a totally different. Yes. Like all three that what you mentioned are so yeah. different. It's a big yeah. place. It's a yeah. big place. Okay. So I am sitting here looking at all your accolades. And I have to tell you, I need to know what drove you in this direction. I love mm. it. I love that you, you know, are doing this. But like when you were coming up, you know, out of college, is this what you always wanted to do? Were you always intrigued well, by human behavior? Well, actually, initially I was intrigued by animal behavior and of course oh, okay. humans hu- humans are animals we're, we're, yes. we're, we're not completely different we are animals but i was particularly interested in just just nature and ecology and wildlife and i thought i was going to be the next david attenborough that was my goal i wanted to be on tv talking about little animals in the background oh. uh, running documentaries teaching people about the the natural world and how it all interacted you know, animals interacted with the trees and with the uh, the forests and with the insects and all the rest of it. So I started off thinking I was going to do that. Uh, but then I opened the wrong door and I stepped into a world of uh, information technology. Uh, you only had oh. to, just one wrong door and that was it. So uh, I became a technical specialist, but I was still talking to people, uh, not about animals, but about technology. So I was still mm-hmm. addressing groups, uh, running pres- running training programs, but it was about technology and about how people can interact and work with technology. And I had a fabulous time. It, it took me all around the world. I worked in Munich, Germany, uh, in the mm. Middle East, Abu, Abu Dhabi, United Arab Emirates. Oh. Uh, it really healthy. I have to say, it really opened my mind. I'd been living in the UK uh, up to that point, and if you stay in one country, you end up naturally. Your, your perspective is overwhelmingly coloured by the limited experiences that you've had. And Ooh. I got a real wake-up call leaving the UK and being amongst in the United Arab Emirates. I worked with people from Sudan, from yeah. Egypt, from Lebanon, from France, people from the US as well, just all sorts of nationalities. And we're all so different and we share a lot in common, but it was yeah. really healthy to be exposed to different ways of looking at the world. Yeah. What a gift, man. What a gift. Mm, yeah, we all need to do it. And uh, and I didn't... <laughs> we all need to do we, it. We do. We do. <laughs> we, well, we all need to get out of our comfort zones, don't we? Yeah. Oh, and that's sometimes, true. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes we need a nudge. We do need yeah. a nudge. And yeah. it, I, I was given a nudge. So I was in an IBM for, goodness, I think it was 12 years at that point. And, oh. uh, and they were having a reorganization. A friend of mine had been promoted to a senior executive. And she said, Eric, Eric, look, if you want it, I can give you this bag of cash. I mean, it wasn't a literal bag of cash, but it was a voluntary redundancy. If you want it, but you've got a week to decide. You've got <laughs> bag one of cash. week. Yeah, I mean, they, they weren't used notes or anything. It was a legitimate yeah, yeah. voluntary redundancy package. But, but she said, Look, you've only got a week. You've just got a week. Otherwise, it, it's gone. And I never thought I would leave. You know, the, the security. And I love my job. I was, I was good at it. Uh, yeah. I, I, I 
I was doing well, but suddenly there was this opportunity and it was a nudge. It was a nudge to step outside and explore. Was there a bigger world outside of working mm. uh, in Scotland at the time I was uh, with IBM? And I took it and I was so afraid. It was a big move to leave. And it turns out to be the best thing that ever happened. Uh, my life would have been so much smaller had I yeah. stayed surrounded by the same, you know, the same triggers, the same ideas, the same concepts. Yeah. So thank you, world, for uh, <laughs> nudging me out yeah, of my comfort yeah. zone. Yeah. Okay. And then oh, how'd you end up in Australia? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, at the time, so I worked in the Middle East for a while, doing this IT work, worked in Germany, Munich, fabulous, doing the IT work. And, uh, when you are skilled in IT, at least back then, this is around uh, 1999, just before okay. the the Millennium No Bug showed up. At that point, you could really go anywhere you wanted. It didn't yeah. happen, did it? What was that Millennium Bug? It, it, you could really go wherever you want. So I, it's like having a passport to the planet. And I thought, all right, okay, I've got these skills. I wouldn't mind. I was cold in Germany. I had a fabulous time in Munich learning to snowboard and skiing and working with uh, Motorola. And then I thought, you know what, I, it, it's been okay speaking German, so I learned German, but it's, it's kind of hard work. And it was, I was tired of being cold. I thought, I'm, t I'm ready to speak English and warm up and uh, do something a little bit different. So I chose Sydney. I thought, yeah, let's, let's check it out. And I didn't mean to stay, Sandy. It was not my intention to stay. Yeah. I thought I'll just explore it for a few years. That'll be fun. Then I'll come back to the UK maybe. But this is such a wonderful country. The people are so friendly. There's yeah, so much I wildlife. Heard. We've got whales swimming past us just now. Oh. We, had a, we had a seal on the beach last week. Oh. We have penguins as well. They come ashore and lay eggs and have baby penguins. So and so it's just a it's just a fabulous place and it's too good to leave so yeah. this is where i have my base i still travel i yeah, yeah. love exposing myself to new cultures traveling around the world not long now before our airports open they're saying mid-december roll on okay yeah but this is a great place so i would yeah. uh, recommend all your listeners to visit australia if they possibly can okay so I have so many questions about that journey, but I'm going to just ask a few. Number one, did you know anybody in Sydney when you went there? Any family, no, any friends? No, 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 no one at all. But I'd traveled to different countries beforehand. So I'd had a kind of a, uh, my, a personal track record of up, yeah. upping sticks and, and settling in, you know, the United, Emir Emir United Arab Emirates, where I knew no one. Yeah, Same thing yeah. with Munich. So I, I knew I would... Yeah. Uh, be able to meet people yeah. and do stuff. Yeah. What country do you have? Do you have any family in? Like, where did you? The you UK. Born? Uh, UK. Yeah, England. 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 Yeah, Southeast England. Okay. We could that see France. Sense. We could see France. I grew up on the beach in oh. uh, in England, yeah. uh, and we could see France in the distance. But uh, and I'm back at the beach now, but it's about 15 degrees warmer, and that's a good thing. That's yeah. a good, that yeah. works for me. I like the, the warmth. So uh, I'm still by the seaside. Yeah. You know, and I was actually, you know, my son who's 18, we were just talking about that. He's like, I've, I've been fortunate enough to travel a lot, you know, for work and with friends. And a lot of times I go on my own. Mm. And he, I told him about, you know, that you were coming on. And, and he said, you know, mom, 
don't you ever get scared? Like I went to Thailand by myself and that was a long trip and I didn't know anyone. Oh. I said the day before I was like, I, I was lucky enough to get a speaking gig. And I said to my husband, I don't think I can do this. I, 10 days by myself on a 24, my, I don't speak the language. He goes, get it together, woman. I'm like, okay. I'm <laughs> He's like, you've wanted this. You want this. It's a, you know, you're a keto speaker at this big woman's conference. You want it. I'm like, you're right. And I said, I was freaking out. But then once I got on the flight, I was okay. It was taking that first step. And then I yeah. was fine. And I knew for my personality, I would be fine. I would meet people. And it was, it was, it opened so many doors for me. So I want to dive that, you know, with mm. you, because I see all the things that you you say that most of life's most rewarding experiences involve some degree of challenge. You yes. know? And I want to go through with that because you say the three human predicaments that cause most people to live smaller is timid lives. I mean, yes. let's, let's go into that. Yeah, challenge. So there, there are two classes of challenge, I, I reckon, from my perspective. There are the ones that we did not ask for and the ones that we do choose for ourselves. Okay. So the ones we, yeah, so the, the ones we don't ask for are, you know, loss, bereavement, setback, yeah. disappointment, pandemics come to mind right now. You know, and life, unfortunately, has got, has got a lot of things that don't always go the way we want them to. But there are also the challenges that we do want, you know, a fulfilling career, Really mm. reaching for what you want in your yeah. profession, developing meaningful relationships. Yeah, I mean, Im improving your health. These things are not easy. You know, learning new skills. They're not. They take time. They're challenges too. So I believe that the quality of our lives is massively dependent on the extent to which we're able to meet life's challenges well, the ones we did not ask for. Mm and the ones we did. So that's what matters most. And yet there, there are these three human predicaments that hold us back, that keep us in, those, in, our, in our comfort zones, that prevent us from boldly meeting challenges. The uh, first of these three challenges, and this will be familiar to you, I'm sure, is that we all live, if you're a human being, you live in two worlds. You live in the real world that you can touch, things you've got around you, things you can see, but we also live in a virtual reality, in your head. So we, yeah. we spend our night dreaming, we recognize that, but we also yeah. spend about 50% of our waking life daydreaming. We're just in our heads. We're not in the real world. We're in this virtual reality. And we're thinking about things coming up. You know, what I've got to do yeah. tonight. I must, mustn't forget to do that. And uh, then we think about the past. Oh, there was that time and that such and such happened. And the, the mind has a habit of drifting in very negative directions. If you leave it to itself. Yes, that's it, true. It's just what it's like gravity. You know, things roll down. That's just what gravity does. And it, it, our mind is the same. It will go if left to itself. It will go in the, to the past when you have been let down, betrayed, disappointed mm. by itself. If you look ahead, it will go to how things might go horribly wrong how you might be embarrassed yeah and so this, this yeah, the other mind has this negativity bias the the problem is that it, it this when we're in our heads our mind is very very influential hugely 
influential. A friend of mine uh, went into an electronics store recently and he tried on one of these VR headsets. They've oh, got no. very good now. Oh, they're very, yeah, yeah, very yeah. good. I yeah. know, and I know. All, it's like you're yeah. there. <laughs> it's like you're there. You're not, but it feels like you're there. So he, he <laughs> whacked not. on this. Yeah, he whacked on this headset. And he knew that he was in the ground floor of this electrical store on thick pile carpet, I might say. Okay. And suddenly he finds himself in this virtual world on top of a building, a very, very tall building. He's not just on the top, he's on the roof and he's on the edge. And the sales assistant says, right, sir, if you just take a couple of steps forward, please. <laughs> he goes, no way. Absolutely no way. And he says, no, you, you know you're in a, in a, you know, on the ground here. Just take two steps forward. But his mind told him that if he was to go forward, yeah. it would be certain death, certain yeah. death. And he couldn't bring himself to move forward. So and his conscious mind knew it was perfectly safe. Yeah. But his yeah, yeah. unconscious mind was in charge. Now, in life, something similar happens to us. We are in the real world and we think about doing something we'd like. You know what? I'd like to ask that person out. I'd like to ask for that raise. I'd like to put my hand up in a meeting and share a good idea, an important idea. And then another person, part of us says, hang on, there's a big fall. Look at that big fall. <laughs> you know, this could be so embarrassing. You'd, and at some level, at some level, our mind convinces us not only would it be embarrassing, but that we, we would die. It would be intolerable. Yeah, at some yeah. level. And we hold back. So just as my friend could not bring himself to step forward over the, the virtual edge of this building, if we're in our heads, it's so influential as we think about how things might go wrong, we hold ourselves back from taking action, from reaching for oh. the relationships we want, from the, building the careers we want. And we live yeah. smaller, safer lives where we, we live a lives of better not, in which we play not to lose rather yeah. than playing to win. So that's our first problem, a very influential mind living in two worlds. That's the, the second problem, if you're a human being, is that you <laughs> live on a... a human being. Well, yeah, that first one, animals don't suffer like that. Yeah, they no, don't you're have, right. I always say, I, by the way, just oh. so you know, when I because sometimes I'm not even where my head went there, or if I start getting these doubts, mm. keep in mind, I've you know, do this for a living, but it still goes there. I'll wake up and go, oh, no, no, not today, brain. We're not going there. Ew, oh, yes. no. Oh, no. Well, like, I'm, we've I'm just got, aware of it. Yeah, for, for sure. We've got to be careful. But it's it's very clever, the mind. And we will keep slipping back. I know. And, I know. And, it's the, and not noticing. All of us. There's no one who does not <laughs> drift into thinking about how things might not work out. But let me ask you this. Do, do you ever, yeah. a lot of my colleagues say this, Yeah. especially ones who, you know, are in the helping profession say, how did I freaking get here? I should know better. I mean, uh, all yes. of a sudden I uh, went down the slippery slope and uh, I'm the coach. Hello. Yes. Yes. It wouldn't it be wonderful if we were somehow different that we, once we'd learned this, <laughs> It never happened to us, but yeah. we are an exactly. Everyone so is cool. exactly yes, and unfortunately, we're in exactly the same boat. But we, all of us, can get better at yeah. noticing when we're stepping yeah. that way, and we can get better at stepping out of our virtual realities into the real world and choosing 
what we're going to do rather than acting on autopilot. But no, I do the same thing. I end up on autopilot. I find I procrastinate. That's the you know the, the best example of holding ourselves back is just yeah. Yeah. procrastinating. Yeah, I'll do it tomorrow. I don't feel like it, so I won't do it now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, animals don't procrastinate. They just get yeah. on with it. They live in yeah. the moment. Okay. All right, and what's number two? <laughs> yeah. Number two, if you're a human being, is you live you live on a diet of junk values. We are drip-fed our society drip feeds us junk values with advertising, with social media, with every TV show you work. And the junk values tell us that you, the way to happiness, the way to happiness is in pleasing other people. It's being, it's impressing other people. It's in being very influential. It's having high status. You'll be happy there. It's having a lot of stuff. And we're presented with these images of people who are, you know, they're attractive and they're young and they've got energy and they're popular and they're good looking and yeah. they've got the watch or the fragrance. And the, the media says, look, if you smell like them, you too would be attractive and popular and rich and successful and <laughs> we achievable. We fought for that, it. <laughs> and we do, and we do. And this is the weird thing. There's a part of us, you know, the conscious part says, oh, what stupid advertising. I'm not buying into that. How yeah. ridiculous. How right. ridiculous. Right. But another part of us is paying attention. Yeah. And it's nodding and it's saying, yeah, that's true. I would be happier if I had a, a new phone, if I had more money. If I had a, a better looking partner, you know, if I was yeah. to upgrade my partner, I'd be happy. Or if I was better looking or if I was younger or older or better qualified. So the media teaches us a sense of lack. It trains us to feel like something is missing, that you, in fact, are not enough as you are. You could be enough if you bought <laughs> if you this thing money. we've yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah if you and if and you know and then the other thing is and if you're not happy after buying one thing then buy another just keep going because you haven't bought enough you've got to keep going ludicrous absolutely oh, ludicrous silly 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 humans we are but we look and we buy into it so and we're taught to feel good now. Our society is encouraging us always to look on the bright side. You've got to think positive. Think positive. And there's a lot to be said for thinking positive. There's a lot. But not all the time. Amen. Not all the time. Amen. Yeah, Amen. we have to be realistic. And in life, sometimes things do not go well. Sometimes there are setbacks there are losses and yeah. we need to we need to feel the discomfort yeah. we do yeah. need to feel the loss but society trains us not to allow ourselves to honestly acknowledge what is painful so if you're asked and i'm sure it's the same where you live in the us if you're asked in the street someone says how are you doing sandy there is only one socially acceptable response. <laughs> good. I'm doing yeah, good. Yeah, yeah you've got to Never do, been better. Life is grand. <laughs> yeah, you, you've got to play this little act. And, you know, maybe it is. And, you know, big parts of it, I'm sure, are grand. But we all have to play a little game where, oh, it's wonderful. Awesome. Fantastic. Thanks. And it's illegitimate. It's, it's illegal, I should say. Illegal yeah. to actually say, well, thanks for asking. But actually, I'm really worried right now about uh, 
a, a relationship or I'm really worried about this pandemic or about work. You know, things have uh, things have collapsed over the last few weeks. <laughs> oh, they'd be like, I have to go now. <laughs> yeah, we can't. Well, exactly. Yeah, people don't want to hear that. So and that the problem is not only do we not voice our discomforts, we deny them to others, but we have also been trained to deny them to ourselves. Yep. We've been taught that there's something wrong if you dwell on what's negative. We mustn't think negative thoughts. Don't think negative thoughts. Yeah. Think positive, happy thoughts. Yeah. And, and the, the crime here is that if you are going to lead a courageous life, being bold, asking for what you want, setting boundaries, speaking up in life, yeah. it's going to come with discomfort. All challenges come with discomfort. There is no discomfort-free courage. I agree. And we, we need to be with discomfort. We've got to learn not to get lost in it and be swept away with it, overwhelmed yeah. by it, but just acknowledge it. Yeah, actually, this, I am anxious. Yep, mm. I am worried. I, I, I hurt. You know, I feel lost. I am disappointed. I am angry. And that is a skill, being able to hold discomfort in a balanced awareness. But it's a skill we can all develop. And it's a skill yeah. that will allow us to leave our comfort zones, leave those smaller, safer lives and live bigger, bolder, more courageous mm. lives while we can, yes. while we yes. can. That that's a big two. That's a big number two. It, 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 it is. It is. And uh, number three is even bigger. Okay. Uh -oh. I, want, I want you to uh -oh. hold on to your seats. You need to hold on to your seat here. <laughs> this is another forbidden thing to talk about in society. Uh -oh. but, uh, it, but it's the biggest of all. So here is the third human predicament. If you're a human, and this doesn't apply to cats, dogs, gerbils, but if you're a human, you have from a very young age an awareness of your own mortality. Very uncomfortable oh, thoughts. Oh, you're right. Animals, we don't even think about it. They know. They've got, they've really got, no, I I don't think any of them have any idea <laughs> because they don't, they don't have this ability to sort of time travel in their heads. And, and, and we do. We, we can look ahead. What will I do next week, next month, in six years, in 10 years? We can go ahead and we can imagine a future. And we're able to look around and put two and two together. Hang on, hang on a moment. I've seen, I've noticed how other people are dying. Uh, oh no. And we, we recognize, God no, damn, damn, me too. And because we've been trained, yes, exactly, exactly. Because we've been trained not to stay with discomfort. Remember, this is intolerable. Yeah, we cannot I'm, stay with, I'm we've following got, you, Eric. I'm following yeah, you. Yeah, we're not allowed to stay, feel uncomfortable. So what do we do? We push it out of our minds. And we'll say things like, oh, there's no point dwelling on the more than can't do anything about it. Better not think about it. Why think negative, miserable thoughts? Now, this does have a, the, a, a positive side effect that you will immediately feel better in the moment. Ah, oh, that's better not having to think about my mortality, but it comes at a terrible price. That short-term comfort and relief comes at a huge price because when we accept and acknowledge 
and recognize that, yeah, actually, you know what? We're not here forever. We've got a certain limited amount of time on life, on Earth. Then we dial up the value of our minutes while we're here. If something is forever, then it's unlimited and it doesn't really, yeah. uh, yeah. you know, there's an inexhaustible yeah. supply, but our minutes are an irreplaceable resource. You can never get another one. They are hugely valuable. There's nothing more valuable you have in your life than your time. Yeah. yeah. When you really accept that, then you want to spend it well. And accepting our mortality is a fabulous catalyst to take action. It's a, yeah. It just accelerates a sense of urgency, happy urgency, to live well while we can. But yeah, most you know of what? us don't I'm thinking do this. About, yeah, you know, it's that just shift in the mindset. It's the same outcome. Yeah. But one is love-based and the other one is fear-based. It's like carpe diem, like seize the day. To it's a totally, totally different feeling than, oh, crap, you know? Yes. And I love that distinction. And uh, it's one of <laughs> Carpe uh, it's, diem is, oh, crap. <laughs> no, no. Fear and love. Fear and love, yeah. Sandy. Yeah. yeah so, <laughs> so, but you're absolutely right. We, but we need to learn to do this. And, you know, ancient wisdom, ancient cultures used to do this. And I hear in the kingdom of Bhutan today, this is uh, this country in the north of uh, India and Bhutan, small, small country. But yeah. they say that the key, the key to a happy life is just a couple of times a day remembering you're going to die. And it just dials up this urgency <laughs> Yeah. You're not spending all day, oh, oh no, oh no, oh no, just a couple of times, touching yeah. it lightly. Just, yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah, that's right. I'm going to die, so let's get on with it. Let's oh, let's God. say the things we want to yeah. say to the people we, yeah. we, we, we care about now. Let's yeah. ask for things, let's reach, let's reach for what yeah. we want. Can yeah. And you I, wouldn't procrastinate as much. No, 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 no. Now, may I share my favorite way to safely come into contact with the fact that you're going to die. Okay, this uh, isn't uh, overwhelming. Bungee jumping it, or something? <laughs> no, 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 it's, it's uh, easier than that. Okay. It's this. There, see, if I say to you, look, you've only got, uh, let's say, 50 or 60 years to live, that's words. And there's something about words which are a little harder to relate to than images. We, we, there's something about pictures and graphics which are more meaningful, have more impact. So there's a website and it's called count.life, C-O-U-N-T dot L-I-F-E, count.life. You just press enter and it'll say to you, okay, how long do you think you're gonna live? And I like to give myself a hundred years. So I type in a hundred, why not? Okay. Why Be generous. Not? And then it says, <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, it says, great, when were you born? And you type in your birth date, you press enter, and suddenly you are presented with a wall of bricks. Every brick is either a week of your life that you've already spent, or a week of a, your life that you have ahead of you, assuming you make it to 100. And they have different colors. So you, at a glance, you get this sense of your life lived, and the number of weeks you have ahead in a visual. And I tell you, it really lands quickly that 50 years, let's say, 
isn't actually that many weeks. It's not actually an infinite number of weeks. It's a very finite number of weeks. And oh. I look at this website once a week, just once really? a week. And each time I look, there's one less brick. And it just reminds me, just reminds there. me, you know what? I'm, a, I'm alive for now. So let's get on with it. Let's phone those people. Let's ask for those collaborations. Let's say the things I want to say to the people I love. Let's lay down the boundaries for the things I'm not willing to accept while I can. Count.life. Take a look. <laughs> You're cracking me up because I think it takes a certain personality like yours. It's fire and you have other people might go, oh, my God, I must just be drunk and get depressed. Don't you well, think? Well, but this is what holds us back. This this is the human predicament, the third human <laughs> yeah. predicament. We we don't want to go there. We are fearful that we will be overwhelmed with despair. Uh, I couldn't cope. True, but, true. But, you know, we, we're, so we, again, it's the edge of the cliff, the edge of the building. We, we don't, I, bet, I can't step forward. I better not accept that I'm going to die. You know, really acknowledge it because it will be too dreadful. I'd lose control, perhaps, mm. in despair. But yeah. I'm, I'm sure you've heard many, many stories of people who unfortunately have been given a terminal diagnosis. They've gone to the doctor, they've been told, actually, bad news, you've got, and it might be six months, you've got yeah. six yeah, months. Yeah, 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 yeah. And again and again, we hear from these people that they have packed more into that last six months. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah right. they yeah. come alive. They come yeah. alive. They get on with it. They prioritize what really matters. They don't spend quite as much time watching Netflix as the rest of us are. <laughs> they, they are, they are getting on with life. Uh, and true that. Then, true that. And some sometimes they're saying, you know, of course I don't want this diagnosis. Of course I don't. But in a sense, in some way. It was, it was actually the best thing, weirdly, weirdly, it was the best thing that ever happened in, in, in yeah, one dimension. Yeah, yeah, they lived so much life, yeah. Yeah, they, they came to life. And you and I do not need to wait, Sandy, and your listeners, do not wait for that diagnosis. Go to count.life. Strongly advise. <laughs> Strongly yeah, yeah. You don't need a diagnosis. You can just look at this website and just accept it and come alive. I love it. Okay. So I don't even know if we're going to be able to get everything in I want to get in. And this is fascinating. I'm really enjoying your perspective. You're saying it mm. in a whole different way than I've thought about some of these things. I never had anybody talk about death in that oh. way. My, my thing has always been circle of life. Well, you know, next time I come in, I'm going to be this. Do you know what I mean? So, but I still, I still am carpe diem, but my spin doesn't have that fear because I do want to live as much as I can now, but I also think I'm going to circle back in. Yes. And, and, you, and you, you may do, you may do, but this particular episode, yeah, you know, you, you, yeah, you've I got get a it. lot of, yeah, I got it. Yeah. And I'm with you, you know, <laughs> go for broke. Good. Okay. So let's talk about before we move on to the three critical foundation to being fit yes. for purpose, which I want yes. to, but I need to talk about your book and what made you 
swipe right were you dating or something and that's why you came up with swipe oh right? no but isn't it a great metaphor i love that metaphor i i used to <laughs> swipe right just I thought maybe be- you were on sites and then you were like wait a minute this oh is well i mean in my life in my life i've been on sites uh yeah. so it, to, to, i read last week that 30 percent of all relationships today uh, in the west have been formed online that's yeah. how common. Yeah, it's just a normal way. So this this idea is it's a common way of meeting people. And as people who have used online uh, apps to meet people will know that you're presented with various uh, people, photos, bit of text, and you look at them and you decide, do I want to spend time with that person? And if they look attractive, you swipe to the right. You're just choosing yes. Mm-hmm. If they don't look so attractive, you're not. You're not. You don't really want to spend time with them. You swipe to the left. So we spend now, a lot they don't of time. Know, by the way, I've never done this. So did they know that you rejected them or no? No. No, okay. they don't. So, okay, cool. yeah. Yes, that's right. You're not hurting anyone. <laughs> I just wondered. No, no, I I would be like, so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's just not for me. <laughs> Go ahead. Yes. Now, and, and, and actually, what, what I would say, uh, it, this, is, uh, this is lived experience from using online dating sites, is you, you really want to get good at saying no to people who are not suitable for you. You want to get very good at rejecting people. Uh, Anyway, so we've got these apps and we swipe right. But we spend a lot of time in life thinking about the kind of partner we would like to be with. You know, we spend a lot of time about their qualities, their characteristics. But there's someone in life that we spend even more time with. And it's ourselves. And we really do get to choose what kind of people we're going to show up as. We get to author our lives. That's what an authentic life is. You are self-authoring your life, choosing for yourself. So my book is about how can we choose, actively choose what kind of people we'd like to be and critically develop the courage to be that person more often, to go for what matters to us, to speak up, to ask for help, to ask that person out. There's a a palliative care nurse in Australia, Sandy, called Bronnie Ware, and she wrote a book called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah, I've heard heard of that. It really important message inside. So she was taking care of people in the last few weeks. We're back to death again, taking care of people in the last few weeks. (laughs) It doesn't have to be a miserable subject. Oh, uh, Lord have uh, mercy. She, Go ahead. But she was hearing the same regrets from people. You know, she, she took care of a lot of people and they'd yeah. confide in her. The number one regret, the thing she heard more often than anything else was this. I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself yeah. and not the life that others expected of me. Mm. I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself and not the life that others expected of me. Our society has got so many ideas about how, let's say, women ought to behave. Yeah? Yeah. If what if you come from a certain background, how you ought to dress, when you should speak, what sort of careers are approved of, socially approved of. And it's not just women, it's guys. There are certain ways a man is expected to behave, careers that are approved of, ways of behaving, which are blessed by society. And all of us run the risk 
of obediently, if we're not careful, obediently conforming to other people's expectations for how we ought to live and getting to the end of our lives and sharing the top regret of the dying. We don't want to do that. This message from the dying is a gift to the living. We need to decide what would a life that's true to myself look like? What would I prioritize? Mm. What kind of person do I choose to be? And then we need to develop the courage to live it. Because it's one thing to say, oh, well, actually, I'd like to be a landscape gardener and I'd like to be a more caring and attentive parent. And I'd love to learn uh, French and pottery. But all of these challenges, they are hard. Doing things that are difficult are hard. Others may not always approve. We need to develop the capacity to do what's personally meaningful at the same time as being personally challenging and that's a skill that's why you I know, wrote the book I, 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 I had like 10 different people sending me questions about this and the big mm-hmm. thing is there was something that was posted that was beautiful by this judge and she said and she never had children and people were saying why wasn't she a mom and she said I I do know one thing about me I don't measure myself by others expectations or let mm-hmm. others define my worth awesome but lovely yeah. A lot of people wrote in questions to you to said, ask Eric. It seems when I do that with my family or friends, the first thing they throw out is the guilt of you're selfish. If you weren't so selfish, you would do this for us. This means something to your grandmother, your mother, your aunt, your friend. And a lot of caring people, you know, I've said they don't, it's that fine line of not wanting to be selfish or feeling guilty that they're not mm. do, having kids and giving somebody grandchildren, fulfilling that career. I mean, I, I got so many questions yeah. here for you. And yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. know how to answer that because it's all different Un- for each person. Yeah, uh, yes. Uh, unfortunately, when we act in courageous ways, it can be interpreted as a threat to those of people we know and uh, people, members of our family who have not. So if you step out and boldly live your own life where other people have not done that they will experience that as a threat you're making them feel bad yeah because they're looking at you and thinking oh my god i could have done that and that's a very painful feeling we talked earlier on about we don't like feeling bad so they will make themselves feel better by attacking you by saying you're just Mm. selfish yeah, putting yourself first. Yeah. And yeah. and look, we, we need to have compassion for them. They're actually hurting. They're looking at you and you have reminded them, perhaps reminded them of how they have held themselves back. They have sacrificed their one life, a lot of it perhaps, to please others, to keep others happy. Yeah. So yeah. I, unfortunately, I, I think we do need to expect this. Not everyone is going to approve. Yeah, and say, yay! (laughs) Yeah, but you know, those that do love you, you know, those that really do want what's best for you, I think will sidle up and say, go for it, do it. I I should have done this. I really should have done the same thing myself. Give it a shot. Maybe it'll work out. Maybe it won't. Do it. Live big now and they will support you. You know what I'm thinking of? I've I've been very fortunate to have friends that really, really supported me and some family. But I always felt like 
when I went to the next level, like I was like, you know, cause me, I love, I like taking risks and the challenges and I'm ready to go to the next level. It was hard for me because I did lose some friends and family. Oh, and even though I loved them to death, I was hit with, oh, now you don't have time for us. Now you don't da, da, da. And I'm like, it made me feel horrible, Eric. Like I didn't want them to yes. feel like that. Yes. Well, sadly, life is going to have two sorts of pain. Either there's the pain of disappointing others and perhaps losing some friendships along the way. Yeah. Or there's the pain of regret getting through, keeping everybody else happy and asking yourself, yeah, what if? So yeah. there is yeah. no, ch pick your pain. <laughs> I'm going to take the second one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Option two. And of course, we don't want any pain, but and yeah. there's no alternative. Life yeah. and yeah. But there are different flavors of pain. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it is hard to, to let people go. But as you as you stretch, step out and do more things, you will grow. You will become a different person. And, yeah. uh, you yeah. know, there will be some people that won't, that it may be harder to spend as much time with them. Yeah, like I, I used to say, I'm pretty much friends with like so many people for the past like 40 years, but I put them in different areas. Like I might not see them all the time or call them like once a year, yeah. twice a year, yeah. just because I still love them, but we've gone different directions. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, listen, yeah, we got to yeah. get this in, man. We got to get in the three critical oh, yes. foundations to being fit for purpose. Yes. Let's go for so it. Yeah, so being courageous, it's, it's this is not an easy thing. What most people do is just try to use willpower. They say, oh, I'm going to make that call. I'm going to make the call. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Now, there's a place for willpower in life. It's a wonderful thing. But it's not a very emotionally intelligent strategy to doing things courageously in a sustainable manner. We need to be cleverer about this. But, okay. So the, 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 but the, the foundation, I want to say, so I want to say, yes, there's a place for willpower, but I'm not all about getting better at using willpower. I am more about being emotionally agile, which is different to the brute strength of willpower. But the foundations, there are three absolutely fundamental foundations to being bold. And this is just your physiology. So there are three things that we all do that will make us emboldened at a physiological level. And the, the first one, and this isn't uh, rocket science, but it is science, is sleep. <laughs> okay. It's sleep. Now, every night when we sleep, we, we go through these periods of REM sleep, you know, dream sleep. It happens yeah, about yeah. five to seven times a night. It's during REM sleep if you have a high quality sleep, it's not just long, but it's high quality. You have these periods of REM sleep in which your mind gets an emotional intelligence makeover. And the next morning you will be calmer, less reactive, less impulsive, and you're able to see things in perspective. If you have a bad night's sleep, or perhaps an interrupted night's sleep, yeah, there's, yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe you had something to drink before you went to bed, that'll stuff up your sleep and you have poor quality sleep, the next day you will be, at yeah. a physiological level, more reactive. You will give in to impulses. The impulse to procrastinate, to put off, oh, to snap back. I agree, perhaps. I agree. Yeah, 
And it's not that you're a bad person or a flawed person. It's just your biology. And you may be a bad person yeah. as well. I don't know. I, but I, <laughs> it could go either possible. way. It could go either it, way. It, it, it could. But just at a physiological level, we cannot be courageous when we are exhausted. We will give in to impulse and we will do the easier thing rather than the more meaningful thing. So number one, We've got to take care of our sleep. Eric, I have a question for you. Can you please? Yeah. Uh, by the way, I agree with you. And everyone, like, they know how busy I am. I'm like, oh, yeah, but I protect my sleep. I get my sleep. Yeah. But yeah. we got a new kitten. The only We have five cats and a dog. The new kitten, oh, the girl, Tamaki, yeah. though, 2.30 in the morning, 3 in the morning, she comes up and oh, starts scratching my no. face. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. Not my husband. No, no, nobody else's, but comes in for scratching my face because she wants to be petted. I keep telling her I need my sleep. <laughs> oh, she, so can you have a she, talk with her, Eric? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm actually going to send her a text. We are connected. And uh, I'm going to send Because you worked with the animals. I figured maybe you could help I me do. I, and I can talk to the animals. I'll let her know. And unfortunately, delightful though that interruption is. You know, it is lovely to <laughs> it be It is wanted. delightful. Yeah. It is yeah, that warmth and it's touching. But unfortunately, it no. will erode your ability to be your best the next day. And, it, and not because you're tired. You know, people say, oh, yeah, it's the fatigue. I don't want to be tired. No, no, no. It's just your physiology, your, your reactivity. You will yeah. be more reactive. Yeah. So now we've got to protect our sleep. Number one, protect your sleep above all else. All right, that's I'm going to have first... a talk with her. I'm going to tell her you yeah. said so. All right. What's number yeah, two? It is. Yeah. Number two, this is movement. And these are, these are ordinary things, but they are critical. Before we get clever with the mindsets and the, the mind hacks, we need to attend to the foundations. Number two is movement. When we move throughout our days, and I'm not talking about uh, you know, s swimming a kilometer or doing a marathon, just walking around the block and maybe yeah. just getting the pulse up a little bit. We create in our bloodstream something the researchers called hope molecules. Hope molecules. I never heard it that way. And this is yeah. my field. Wait a minute. Myokines. Right. M-Y-O-K-I-N-E-S. That I heard, but you called them hope. You said hope. Hope molecules. Yeah. So that's the, uh, that's what they are known as when talking to the public. So if you if you say to someone myokines, they're probably going to scratch their heads. Yeah, yeah. But as a shorthand, hope molecules, we just become more positive and braver when we move. So our, our blood chemistry changes when we move. We see possibility where before we, we, we were hopeless. So we've got to move. If, if you want a courageous life, doing more of what matters to you, living a bigger life, we need to move throughout our day. And it's not just at the end of the day or at the start of the day. Just throughout it. But throughout it, we've got to get up, we've got to move around, and it, it makes a profound difference. They say that the only reason we have a brain in the first place, the only reason you have a brain is to move through. The animals, there are animals in the world that live at the bottom of the sea that sit on rocks they do not have a brain. There's no need to navigate through the world. Brains love to navigate through the world, go around objects, yeah. move behind and across, move forward. Our brains come alive when we move. We think better. And as I say, it changes the blood chemistry so yeah. that we just become yeah. encouraged. So that's number two. We've got to move. 
I'm with Again, you. Again, ordinary. You know, we, we know we ought to exercise, but not just to get good muscles or what have you. No, look, I know. Look, look just, good. Just getting yeah. up, move, dance around your house, yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. The th- and the third thing, again, it's it's kind of ordinary, but it's critical, is the food that we eat. Now, our mood and our thinking is massively influenced by the food that you eat. Now, it's not just what you feed yourself, but it's what you feed that gut bacteria, bacteria living inside of you. So it turns out that 50% of all cells, living cells in your body, are not human, Sandy. I'm sure you look human, but 50% of you is not human. It's these, these little tiny little bugs in our gut, and they determine your mood to a big extent. Damn bugs. Yeah, and when they're happy, <laughs> you'll be happy. And we, we've got to feed them, and they love vegetables. They just love Yay. Fiber, they yeah, they love variety. I mean, it's all the stuff we we know what a healthy diet is, but we yeah. often think about a healthy diet in terms of its impact on us, you know, on our nutrition. But yeah, half of it is actually nourishing these little friends on the inside. Does We've little friends take... have names? Do they have names individually? There's billions of them. They may have names, but you don't need to know all of their names. But they are tiny little, they're tiny little fungi. They're they're tiny little bacillus acidophilus. They've got, they do have little names. But uh, but the the good thing is, you don't need to know their names. You just need to feed them, nourish, real food. Real food, not processed food, actual food. So those are the foundations. They, They need to be attended to first before we start getting clever and developing our mindsets. You know, my clients are going to think that I paid you to come on and say these things. <laughs> I like I couldn't time it any better. I'm going to just send Good. this to everybody. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I love well, I you are, Yes. Well, I am expecting a big check, of course. A big, yeah, of generous course, of check. Course. Yeah. I will. Kick back. Now, let's go into the three mindsets essential for courageous yes. action. Because now we got the foundation, yeah, that, you set it up. Exactly. You've got to sort out those foundations. Right, now, now we've got the physiology in place. There are three stances. Now, remember earlier on, I was saying how the world of advertising and media and social media is telling you continually, you are not enough. Yep, not good enough, uh, clever enough, attractive enough, popular enough, rich enough, all the rest of it. You are not enough. We need to address that. And the anti- the antidote to this constant messaging of being insufficient, which discourages us, is developing an attitude of defiant gratitude. Defiant gratitude. Yeah, it's defiant. So you're being told by the world, everywhere you look, every billboard you look at, every time you turn on your phone, you're being told you are not enough. In spite of that, you are going to choose, I recommend, that you choose to appreciate and value what you do have. So advertising wants you to focus on what's missing, what's not in your life. However, when we focus on what we do have, what we appreciate, what we value, and it could be our relationships, it could be uh, your kittens, it could be the taste of a coffee, 
you know, little things, the feel yeah. of sun, the sensation of sunshine on your on your skin, scents, a freshly boiled egg, if you like eggs. A freshly boiled egg is, is a joy. How are eggs. you with eggs? You love I eggs, love aren't they? Eggs. Aren't, aren't they just marvelous? They're, I mean, they're so cheap and delicious. A little bit of salt. Wow, nothing better. Yeah, yeah and I we like have... when the chickens are right there, and I got fresh eggs when I was in the Indiana. Oh. Uh, I said thank you. Nothing. Yes. Thank you. We need to spend more time, and not all day, but just a few moments in every day, saying thank you to life. Thank you to mm. what we do have. And again, this changes our blood chemistry. We become bolder. We literally become bolder when we are appreciative of what we do have. The other thing that we need to be grateful for is our time. We need to be defiantly grateful. Okay, we're going to die. Let's get back to that. We are going to die. Got to circle but, around to that. Yeah, well, it's 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 not to be pushed out. We've got to just acknowledge it's it. Yeah, we got it. <laughs> and we can be grateful for the time that we do have. You know, instead of yeah. focusing on yeah, the time like after we've died. Oh, but look at that! Look at that blackness! Oh no! Oh no! Look at all of that! Yeah, if you focus on what's missing in a hundred years. Oh no! There's no me. There's, look, 100 years, 200 years, 300 years ahead. There's no me. Oh, no. You will be miserable. Yeah. And you're That's correct true. to be worried. Yeah. But if you instead shift to be your... Worried. You are. It's pretty bleak. There's not a lot of you in, oh. in the far future. But if you shift your attention to what we do have, and you are alive right now. This is extraordinary. You are conscious. You are aware. You can move your hands. You can speak. You can call people up. If we turn our attention to the extraordinary value and be defiantly grateful, yeah, in the face of our mortality, we choose to be appreciative of our lives now. This is an activator for courageous living. This ignites yeah. courageous living. Yeah, so that's the Love first it. Love it. mindset. Defiant gratitude. Defiant, Defiant. gratitude. All right, yeah, and I, I must, I, I know we've, we don't have all day to talk, but I, I want to share very, very briefly <laughs> my, fav, my favorite, act, my favorite it, exercise. Yeah, my favorite exercise for, for gratitude. And there's a, there's a lot of grat, uh, exercises out there, you know, just uh, smell the roses, appreciate what you've got, this kind of thing. But here smell is what I call the ultimate gratitude exercise. I'm ready. Okay. The ultimate, yep. Again, sit tight. Everything that you experience in your life, at some point, you will experience for the last time. Yep. Now, the truth is, you have yep. already <laughs> visited, you've visited countries that you won't visit again. You've walked down streets that you won't walk down again. You've eaten in restaurants that you won't eat in again. You've spoken to people that you will not speak to again. This exercise is to, just a couple of times a day, is to do anything, anything at all, that brings you some small amount of pleasure, say, yeah, and to yeah. do it as though it was the last time. For some, I got it. I got it's just it. a, yeah, yeah. So next time you're having a boiled egg, okay. imagine, just imagine what if, you know, what if this was the last boiled egg I would ever have 
in my life. Now, how much attention would you give to the texture, to the flavor, to the sensation? Would you take big mouthfuls or small mouthfuls? Would you eat it quickly or slowly? Are you a coffee drinker? Sandy, I like a- am a coffee, but I'm laughing because oh, I yeah. really, I don't think those thoughts, it's the last, but I have yeah. more of the mindset, I appreciate everything I eat. So anybody listening, they're going to be like, oh God, is she going to take longer? Because I take so oh, long you, you to already drink a cup take of a long coffee time. and I really <laughs> eat and I really appreciate my food. And I'm like, well, because I don't want to just eat it. I want to enjoy every moment of it. Good. Good, but it can be difficult when you're eating with other people. Yes. Yeah, yes. Uh, they start eating my food. They start like they start eating my food to get out of here. But, yeah, it's but getting I do, dark. I, yeah, yeah. I do think yeah. you want to just really, really enjoy it. It's true, but it's not even uh, so. This exercise applies to food, but it also applies to just walking outside. So you walk past a tree. What if that was? the last tree you would ever see. I gotcha, I gotcha. Yeah? Yeah. Walking down a supermarket aisle, talking to a friend. What if that was the last time? This is such an accelerator of awe and gratitude and mindfulness. It really... I'm going to try it. I've never never bend on things. Yeah, just for 30 seconds. What if... And the thing to do, some people say, oh, no, I'd be sad. But what you need to do is is allow yourself to believe that you've got a long, happy life ahead of you. But for some yeah. weird reason, it's just not going to include another coffee yeah, or an egg. Yeah, this egg. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. And you're only doing it once. Try it out. Okay. The ultimate gratitude exercise. So that's gratitude. That was the first uh, mindset. The second mindset is what I call fierce self-compassion fierce self-compassion. So you did not choose to be born as a human being. You didn't choose your genetics. You did not choose. You did not choose to be born at this time to those parents in the country. Yeah, the school. You didn't pick the (laughs) school. Yes, you're right. You did not do that. The the opportunities. So life has dealt you a hand and it's given you a human mind that tends to drift towards the negative. It has this negativity bias. You didn't choose to have this worrisome mind that's fearful all the time. Yeah, Yeah, it's worried about what people will think and looking silly. The attitude that's going to help us with this predicament that we're in as being a human being is one of fierce self-compassion. So we're being friendly to ourselves. That's what self-compassion is. It's, It's a friendly, we're being kind. And we are acknowledging, honestly, life's difficulties. We're not pretending everything's fine, everything's fine all the time. We say, no, actually, you know what? I am anxious. I am worried. I'm afraid. Uh, And not getting lost in it. And it's fierce self-compassion because it's not self-indulgent. We're not saying, oh, woe is me. I'm so worried. Poor, poor me. I think I'll have another drink. I think I'll have another box of cookies. No, it's fierce self-compassion because we're saying, yes, I'm worried. Yes, I'm worried. And there's things I can do and I'm going to do them. Yes, and I can take action. So we're still active and we're proactive in the presence of life's challenges. We're positively proactive 
whilst being honest yeah. about yeah. What, what's hard. Yeah. That's self-compassion. The third mindset that we need to work on is what I call courageous authenticity. Courageous authenticity. And this is an ownership. We are taking ownership of our time alive and we are taking ownership of our own aspirations. We are okay. authoring our lives. We are deciding for ourselves what we're going to do. We're not just taking a uh, a, uh, a checklist from society yeah. that says, yeah. here you go, do this, do the following. No, we are authoring our own life, but we need to do this with courage. And what this is, what this means is we need to be willing to experience doubt, worry, fear, at the same time as taking action. Yeah. There needs to be yeah. a willingness. And so many people say, oh, you know what, I, I, I would be courageous if only I was more confident. Now, what they're really saying is, I'm not willing to, to feel doubt and uh, uncertainty. Ooh. I'm not, I, I am Ooh. not, yeah, I'm not willing to do that. Nope, nope, I'm gonna sit here until I have absolute certainty that everything's gonna go my way. And <laughs> then I will act. Yeah. Well, guess what? Guess what? That's not going to happen. So when we're <laughs> courageously authentic, we are willing to pay the price. And that means taking action with discomfort, with mm. discomfort. It is coming along with us. We're not being fearless. We t we, there is fear. We are writing that book. We are creating our art, building a business, trying to develop a relationship even when we do not have a guarantee of success. Yeah. That's courageous authenticity. And that's a set of skills. So whilst we can't get rid of fear, doubt, uncertainty, we can dial them down. We can dial I agree. them down. We can, I, yeah, I agree. That's, and that's the best we can hope for, dialing them down. I was just talking to um, one of my friend's daughter, and she's so shy, and she's a senior in high school, and she really wants to ask this boy out. And she says to me, mm. can you please ask Eric, this is the way I want to quote it, mm. and I know your answer, how can I make sure he says yes? It would just kill oh. me if he said no. But I mean, keep in mind, she's 17. Yes, but this is a lovely example of what our minds do. It would just kill me. Yeah, so she said the, it would just kill me if you said no. Yeah, that and there's there's the human mind predicting self annihilation, you know, mm. and, and and it's and it just exaggerates so wildly. So, what I, I I'd, what I would encourage her to do is to talk to actually to talk to others who have asked people out and to find out from them and to hear their stories of how they have been rejected mm. and let down and to, to see, could we learn from others' experience and to see how actually they did not die. <laughs> they, they survived. But I, I'm not belittling her experience because no, every no. one of us has a mind that says that. No, you can't do that. You just die. And yeah. it's lovely that she's able to, to vocalize that. Yeah. And uh, I've got in enormous uh, compassion for that experience, but we've because you know we've all been there, and uh, and just willpower won't help her. I would encourage her to put herself, give herself the best chance is to get a good night's sleep, to 
Yeah. To get some movement in, to yep. eat well, to be grateful, and to develop compassion for herself, her mind, which is trying to protect her. You know, it really is yeah. trying to protect yeah. her. But to let her know, actually, she is far, far stronger than she knows. Oh, I She's love that. She's far, far, yeah. Yeah. You know what? I think... I'm getting more and more, a lot of my friends' kids will talk to me on the side and they're having a rougher time, especially if they were shy to begin with because of mm. being virtual for one year. Yes. And they find it difficult to come back in there and whatever issues they had with communication, they're like, Sandy, it's like tenfold, you know, because mm. they were they were, they were were behind a screen and it, it wasn't in person yes. and they're, they're really... These are a lot of great reminders for them because I think it is a bit more difficult this year than other years. I, I think you're absolutely right. We've we've all become slightly de-skilled yeah. in engaging with people in person in three dimensions. Yeah, and we're all gonna all gonna be a yeah a little bit rough. I know, but I think you know, like talking to me is not the same as I love your advice talk to others her age as yes. who have done it and and not always got yes. yes i think that's so important like it's you know talk to others who've been rejected from jobs and what did they do to get back on the feet that's a really important thing to do yeah it's inspiring and yeah unfortunately if we're just told no you've got this you can do this you're yeah. a special girl you're attractive she he'd be lucky to have you that <laughs> and all of that all of that's <laughs> all that know, stuff we well say as parents yeah it's well yeah and, and you mean well you, you yeah. know, we all mean well when we say that, but it doesn't help at all. However, <laughs> if she can see, speak to other people that she recognizes as being like her and she Ooh. sees them, yeah, oh, that that's like me. So what, you like did ask her. them that? And they, yeah, yeah, similar people. And then, then she will believe that. She will put herself in their shoes and th say, ah, okay, so they did get rejected and they were okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And they were they were glad that they had at least reached out, or they had actually you know what maybe it had gone well. But yeah, they need to speak to other people that are just that are similar that yeah, are similar. Yeah, I to love them. that because you're right. You got this. You're good looking. Anybody oh. would be you know lucky to have yeah. you. And kids here, yeah. blah 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah. It it doesn't it doesn't help. <laughs> Oh, mm. Eric, this has been amazing. And I even like we went so over time because the, I just love all the wisdom <laughs> that you've given my listeners. And you have a totally different perspective than so many people. I, I know they're going to find this so valuable, but we have to wrap up. But before we do, we need rapid fire. You ready for rapid oh. fire? Go on. I'm probably not, but go on. <laughs> it's fun. This is just fun little questions. Ready? I'm ready. Rapid ready. Yes. fire. Uh, Here we go. Okay. Favorite color? Ooh, uh, teal. I very much like teal. Yeah. Okay. Teal. I like teal too. Favorite food? <laughs> oh, I I adore Thai food. Just delicious. Have you ever had those betel leaves? B e t e l leaves, and that you get them with with prawns and a little coconut and lime juice. Is that exquisite? Know. Oh, so next time you're in a Thai restaurant, ask for the, it's a betel leaf starter. It's, it's like you put it in your mouth and suddenly you notice 17 flavors all at the same time. Really? Extraordinary. Uh, yes. It's, it's 17. It just puts you into another state. 
I mean, I when I was in Thailand, I loved the food. Oh my goodness, I would eat all just the street mm. food. I was in heaven. Yes, heaven. yes, and it's fresh and it's flavorsome, mm. and delicious. Yeah, it's mm. delicious. Okay, one of your favorite days. What would you do from morning to night? Well, it's uh, it's a kind of the work. The work favorite day, and then the non-working favorite day. Let's do non-work. Non-work. Yeah, all right. Non-work. It would be hiking. I love to go moving in the outdoors. We've got some really big national parks uh, near here, and we've got one that's beside the sea. It's it takes six hours to walk it, and you you start you take a train to the beginning, and you just walk by the seaside, and as you're you're walking by the sea you walk on cliffs you walk on the beach and you can see whales i've seen dolphins i've seen seals mm. it, oh. i love moving through nature yeah. and there's uh, this there's a phenomenon called optic flow sandy optic and flow. It, it's it's yeah and it's this experience of the outside world moving past you as you move through it so yeah, it's just yeah, optic flow. It's very nourishing. You don't get it on a treadmill. Yeah, if you're, I'm a big hiker. I got to be outside. I, I yeah, mean, I'll, I'll bundle up. I don't care if it's pouring. I, I bike. I hike. I love it all. I'm with you. Yeah, I don't, I've never I'm heard doing. of optic flow though. Okay, I got I got that. Okay, mm. moving on. Yeah. If you were going to be an animal, what animal would you yep. be, and why? Mm, I'd be an eagle. I want to soar. I used to be a hang glider pilot. Oh. And so I used to fly. Yeah. And I, I used to be a competitive hang glider pilot. And uh, I had five I minutes see of that. fame. I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I once held these the long distance record in Scotland. I flew 60 miles from Scotland to England by hang glider. Whoa. And it was like, yeah, it was fabulous. Absolutely. One of my favorite memories, flying under the clouds, right mm. up under the clouds and like an eagle and it's just a wonderful thing to look down I at the bet. world I bet. and from six seven thousand feet and just see mm. everything spread out beneath you eagle please <laughs> eagle i still want to go back to the hang gliding but that's a whole nother oh, episode okay. it's another episode yeah okay in the past year i call them sticky wickets what has been one of the most challenging things for you oh well, we're still in a lockdown here uh, okay. in Sydney, so it's going to end uh, in about three weeks. We're all very excited Woo-hoo! about that. Yeah, so yeah, it's the, yes, so it's the uh, and I haven't seen my partner for th- four months. What I've been away from? Yes, uh, Rachel, I have been separated from her. We're all stuck. To, we none of us can move more than five kilometres from our home oh. at the moment. Yeah, so that's been extremely challenging. So yeah. Uh, you know, so that's the that's the challenge. What was the question? What's that the biggest was it, challenge? The most challenging thing in the last year. You're sticking. Yeah, it. it's this. It's yeah. being a yeah, being separated from Rachel. Yeah, hard, but it's time. it's about it is. But you it's know, a lot of zooming. Do you zoom? Do you FaceTime? Yeah, we we do both. We do everything. So we the phone. We'll use uh, Zoom, but yeah, mostly mostly audio. Yeah. So I will, and I'll be out on a hike. I like to go for a, a walk at the end of my workday, and I'll go for a walk, and I will speak to Rachel as yeah. I'm yeah. walking. So it's been five months, but you think you're going to be able to see her in three more weeks? You think? Yes, yes, just three oh, more good. weeks. Uh, yeah. Yes, and uh, you, you know these, these challenges they do also bring you together. So I would never, you know, it, cause when we're tested, we grow. All of us, yeah. When we yeah. are tested, and my goodness, how 
all of this, you know, around the planet have been tested over Absolutely. the last couple of years. Absolutely. Uh, and yeah. we did not ask to be stretched like this. Thank you very much. <laughs> no. But it has happened. And look, we've, we've discovered uh, inner strengths. All of us have discovered. And we've we discovered what matters to us more, too. Yeah. I think we've just, I agree. We've, yeah. There's the other side of it. Okay. Yep. Last question. When I say the word mm -hmm. universe... What does universe yeah. mean to you? Well, well, it's yeah, unfathomable expanse Ooh. is what comes to mind. I mean, it, truly unfathomable. Our, our minds and our brains are designed to work at a human scale, you know, of, of as far as the eye can see. And the, the scale of our universe is, is, un, is truly unfathomable. It's like a, we're, we're like tadpoles trying to understand that we live in a solar system. And, you know, tadpoles, wonderful though they are, they, they are limited. They, they cannot begin. They can't begin to conceive what's happening outside of the pond. And I think of myself in that way. I think we are very, very... Uh, I think there's a reason to feel humble <laughs> because we, 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 are, we have very, very limited capabilities and you know extraordinary though they are yeah. uh, as a human uh, i'd rather be a human than a tadpole but even so there's a lot that we cannot possibly conceive this universe is bigger and more complex and more fascinating and more multi-dimensional than our little minds can ever <laughs> grasp so i feel small and and in awe yeah yeah. of the universe in or yeah, I'm, I'm a tadpole. I'm okay being a tadpole. I'm okay. Yeah, it's it's okay. We don't have to all be gods. That's okay. <laughs> oh, Eric, it's been a true pleasure. We have to go. Yes. I could talk to oh. you forever. It's been so much fun. And before we go though, how can they <laughs> mm -hmm. find you? Where can they get your book? Tell us all the deets. Oh, right. Well, for the your listeners who are in Australia, you should check out my uh, my book on my website. So I sell my book, signed copies of my book via my website, ericwinters.com.au. And uh, if you're in the US or anywhere else on the planet, it's available from all online bookstores. But people should, they can, they can see the workshops and the talks I offer at that website. So again, oh, cool. it's ericwinters.com.au. Go there. Awesome. Awesome. All right. My let's keep it real people. I know you're going to say Eric kept it real. So please share, rate, like. There's going to be so many people that could benefit from this talk. And you know what I'm going to say. Until next time, toodles. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And remember, keep spreading the positive.